The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo on SAFM. Gefilwe's experience defines her as a qualified chartered accountant. She's the head of finance for Standard Bank's personal and private banking divisions in Gauteng. In parallel to her mainstream career milestone, Gefilwe's track record as a catalytic connector and her heart for root cause social change defines her as a leader in the areas of people-centric sustainable value creation, diversity and inclusion, and socio-economic transformation. With a track record that characterizes her as someone who always looks for strategies and tactics that have high payoffs, Ms. Bitsi's journey, journey rather, has validated her as a unique collaborative leader with a balanced strength in strategy and operations, a speaker, facilitator, her contribution in the financial services sector may be defined as socially conscious, agile, and impactful. Goodness, who wrote this? With her desire to see more women thriving within the corporate world, she ignites the spark in them and serves as a connector to victoriously bring people, ideas, and resources together. Gafilo's ambition is to see more previously disadvantaged people occupying corporate spaces to experience true gender inclusivity beyond gestures and ultimately bring harmony among communities and societies. She pursued her studies at UCT and obtained her CA qualification at KPMG Johannesburg office with a background in finance and auditing profession. Her career expands over several industries, including but not limited to internal reporting manager at Standard Bank, senior manager at EY and a consultant cross-country consulting of course she's gloating because anybody who has this profile would Gafila, good evening thank you so much for joining us oh good uh, good evening mm. it's, it's been a short day clearly for you i mean you're still in afternoon mode the sun has set quite some time back how are you i'm fabulous how are you i'm fine you'll get over your nerves now this is as good a profile as one can get generally speaking Thank you. But you are so young, and and people would think I'm talking to somebody who's got 20, 30 years in corporate South Africa, and we are talking about somebody who's in her early, <coughs> right? Definitely. But tell us how we got here. Um, I mean, the, the the beauty about this show, and specifically this segment, is we try and diversify opinion, diversify guests to do the takeover. We've had politicians here, we've had ministers, CEOs, heads of corporate entities. And you just, like many, will come and go because we need to diversify the engagement. And I think it's important to make sure the platform is accessible through the conversations we have, sometimes not necessarily led by me, but members of society like yourself in this instance. So share with us your background against everything that I've said, just to make it that much more attainable for those who just listened and thought, wow, that is just utopia. Is it really? I don't think so. Um, but a bit of... Okay, who is Gifilwe, I guess, is the question you're asking. Um, born and raised in the East Rand in Fosloras. Um, really lived there for the first parts of my childhood. Got an opportunity to move to Western Cape, um, where I did my high school. Um, after which I then, as stated, I guess, in my bio, then got an opportunity to go to UCT. Um, prior to that, I guess still was quite <laughs> really conflicted around what do I want to do. Um, and I had a vast number of opportunities between wanting to be a chef, 
wanting to be a singer, as you can hear my voice, and then ultimately deciding, I guess, numbers is my passion. Um, and this is the kind of the route that I went, um, after which I then went to the land of gold, as they say, and I've never looked back since then. I've had, you know, a number of opportunities um, and a number of engagements with various people that have really led me to be the person that I am today. Corporate South Africa, many have lamented it can be very cutthroat if you don't have the necessary staying power. In fact, young black woman at Standard Bank, I mean, somebody wrote a book about Standard Bank and her experience, <laughs> and she's been on this very platform, right? Yeah. So how have you been able to navigate those spaces that typically because of transformation being something that really does take time because you're not just dealing with paper, but you're dealing with people, attitudes, preconceived ideas, and our many respective backgrounds and experiences that create at times for some a hostile environment. Mm -hmm. How have you been able to navigate that and yet still do the many wonderful things you have been able to do? I think first access. I, I have to I have to be honest in the sense that I do acknowledge that I've had access that most South Africans wouldn't have had, mm -hmm. which have allowed me the opportunities to be in rooms to engage certain leaders that most people wouldn't have had. But also what you do when you then get access is quite pivotal to the journey that I've had. Mm. How you show up, how you engage, also how you manage to challenge the status quo um, has really been kind of my backbone of what I kind of do in every situation that I find myself in. Um, I do acknowledge, and it's a big part of my passion, is I do acknowledge that for me to have gotten here, there's been quite a number of players that had to be involved, whether it be mentors, whether it be including parents, including friends, including... Who are no doubt are listening. <laughs> I, um, but also the question is, when you then get that opportunity, what are you doing with it? Mm -hmm. um, but I also have to acknowledge I've had to work harder than most people. I've had to show up earlier, work later, prove myself. Why? Because of that fact. Because of the fact that if I look at high school, I was a part of a minority of black people in my high school. But by the end of my high school... 90s, are, 2000s? <laughs> it would be 90s, 2000s. Um, and I, like I said, you know, being in Cape Town, which mm -hmm. is predominantly most of your suburban schools are, you know, white, um, I did understand quite early on that my difference was never going to be my limitation. But I also understand that my difference needed me to work extra hard to make it. So the fact that you see me as a disadvantaged person is your issue to deal with. What I need to come and show you is that despite what you think of me, I can still make it. And not only make it, in certain instances, I can even be better than the average person that I'm seeing in this room or the space that I'm in. Well, you heard it first, yeah, from Gefilo Pizzi. Now tell us about your guest as you're talking to us. Yes, I'm joined by the lovely lady. Um, her name is Itumeleng Bernard. She's also a chartered accountant. Um, and she is the MD of Brown Skin. Um, I don't want to take away Brown too much girl. from... <laughs> Are we going to play that song, Amandla? Can we play Brown Skin Girl at some point, please? At some point. Amandla saying no. So if you don't hear that song, blame the producer. I tried. <laughs> Final comments on your guest and the conversation you guys shall be having. So the conversation is really um, a passion topic, as I've said, right? Having gone through the journey that I've gone through, mm -hmm. having understood the advantages that I've had in life, 
And also you, you, you state a valid point. I am a young, black, successful person, a successful South African. The question I then ask myself is, because I understand the advantages and the benefits that I've had, mm-hmm. what part do I then need to play in my personal capacity to open rooms or open doors or open opportunities to the next South African? Let's leave it there. It's 2021. It is hashtag Tuesday Takeover. The guest, whose voice you've just been hearing for the best part of 10 minutes, Ms. Gefilopidze, will be moderating the conversation with the guest whose name she has indulged us with, Ms. Itumileng Barnard, also Chartered Accountant and MD of Brown Skin. After the break, everybody, please show your love, show your support, as well as your respect. Engage them, and please do so robustly. Hold nothing back. But whatever that means, it doesn't mean we don't respect our audience. So you know what to do. Get calling, please. 086-000-2032-0614-104-107. I hope you've told a couple of friends that you'll be on the platform <laughs> and that those friends will indeed call Itumileng. After the break, ladies and gentlemen, it's all them until the top of the hour. Bye for now. on SAFM. Welcome to your Tuesday Takeover. I'm Gifil Rubidzi, CASA. Um, and I'd like to introduce my guest again, Hedumeleng. Um, today's topic is really about how do we start how do we start changing South Africa for the better? We, you know, do we have capacity to do that? And if we do, how do we start doing that from our per- within our personal capacity? So I'll start with myself. Um, and if it's okay, I'll call you Idu. Um, Not a problem. Thank you, Idu. So if I can kind of go back to this, you know, Songeza asked me about my background. Um, and I've alluded to the fact that I started off in Fosloras. I then got an opportunity to go live in the Western Cape. I got an opportunity to go and study in a Model C school, as we call it that. Got an opportunity to go to UCT, and all these other opportunities that have ultimately resulted in me being the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. I do also acknowledge that all of those moments in time or all of those avenues that I've taken have resulted in certain advantages that I have that are what you would call a normal South African would not necessarily have had. So the question I've had to ask myself, and it's a question I'd like to pose to you as well, Itu, is, what then do I need to be doing and how do I play my part in order to become a conduit of change for the next South African? For me in my personal capacity, I have realized that my biggest advantage that I can give to every human being is to be a mentor. Okay. So within my current space that I work in, I currently run a finance grad program which tries to really bridge the gap and allow normal people that have studied BCom but might not have had the experience or exposure to then come into my space and then get that experience exposure, which then ultimately helps them in some day becoming a me, if not even better than me. Mentorship is also for me what I see as a mirror Mentorship is also showing the next person that it is possible. If I can do it, being a simple Fosloras girl, ultimately being at the position that I'm at, can you imagine if you just get the right support 
and the right influence in your space, what you could ultimately do. That for me is my personal journey. That for me is what I believe every day I wake up in addition to everything else that I do. I believe is something that I need to be doing in order to help South Africa and society become better. So I guess you doing the same notion. It's a question I'd like to ask you, right? Also a chartered accountant with a very different, most likely background to me. So what do you think we need to be doing in order to make South Africa better, in order to bridge that gap, in order to make sure more South Africans get the advantages that we most likely have? Yeah, thanks, Kifila. I think from my part, I want to start with where you say you had advantages, right? You were had advantage to opportunities to go to UCT, live in West Cape, etc. But someone once defined luck as opportunity meets preparation. When it happened to you that now the time has come to move to West Cape, you were prepared first. When it happened that time has come to apply to UCT, you were on time, you were prepared for it. You know, KPMG, etc., you were prepared for it. So one thing that I would like to throw back to ourselves as society is that when the opportunity for what you are looking for comes, are you prepared for it? Not the notion that just, you know, I, I want a job or I want this when I get this, so I think I'm prepared because I have the want. But you haven't actually taken the steps to make yourself prepared. You haven't sat down and understood what a job might entail, what it looks like to work, or even inquired a gefilo or someone to say, okay, this is where I want to go. Um, how do I get about that? And I say that because you're right, our journeys are different. When I was young, I wanted to become a doctor. And then I found out that I don't like blood and needles, so that died. Um, then I switched because I had a passion about business. And when I switched, I went to, in business, what do I like? I like to be a CFO. I like the numbers. I didn't know that numbers change, guys. When you get to university, they disappear. It's words, it's painful. <laughs> Nonetheless, it was through church where I went to church to say, okay, I want to become a CFO one day. What is even the degree or the diploma I need to study? I was told it was a diploma. Then somebody else just said, no, it's actually a degree and it's going to cost a fortune. I was like, okay. Now most people hear that and they say, okay, I don't have the money. I told my parents, okay, the teachers, both of them, it's going to cost us as much. We had a family of four at that time, they couldn't do it. And I said, look, I want to become a CFO. I am going to be a CFO. Then I needed to get up, get into the church, get the contents myself and say, this is what I want, who do I approach? The questioning and the desire and the changing led me to get a bursary with PwC. That enabled me to then be able to go to Varsity, uh, a Vitsi, not UCT, to go to Varsity to fulfill my dreams of being a CASA. But my point is, I was clear on what I wanted. I had the vision and the dream and I chased it. I hear you, right, you do, but I want to put myself in the context of my family, okay. in, in simple terms, Yeah. right? Um, it would seem so simple the way you are saying it. You know, there's a desire, your desire is leading you to seek the answer. Mm -hmm. But let's try to put ourselves in a simple South African landscape where for you to know what you desire, for, in my opinion, there needs to be exposure 
You need to be exposed to more than your normal average environment. So if I'm only exposed to a certain level of success, that is what I deem to be success. All right. And what I will then seek is to reach that level. But my question to me now, when I look at myself versus my cousins, simply by exposure, what I deem success is very different to what they deem as success. That is a reality. The question I then ask is, do I then not have a responsibility to go back into the society that ultimately also raised me to try and lift that bar of what we deem success? Because when we look at it from the outside, one could then argue, but this person has serious. Yeah. Has serious. Like, oh, is this all you want to be? But then I question, but maybe do we not feel the people, the Itus and the Kifilwes, <coughs> that have managed to tilt the scale and increase what they deem to be success exposure, do we not have a responsibility to go back into society and whether educate, whether uplift, whether teach, because desire is there. I believe desire is there, but my desire is limited to what I am exposed to at certain instances. And do we not believe that it do in that situation that we have a responsibilities as people in corporate that have managed to go slightly higher than others to go back and be a I want to say a holding hand to the people that are willing to hold our hand in order to also raise their definition of success. Yes, we do have that burden, right? Opportunity and burden. You've been given the opportunity. If you are a true human from a humanity perspective, you would have that burden to say, I want to give back. That's what Ubuntu is all about. Um, but I do caution again, like you said, you're giving back to people who are willing to take the hand and who know. And somebody might be coming from, like me, a place of not knowing. You just have an idea. You need to be guided on how to get there. Does the desire also happen within us where we say, I will eat, we, and we feel you, we want to go back. You know, you have to have a real desire that you're going to commit as a person to go back to the community and see it through. You can't do it 50-50 because then you are disadvantaging someone else and you're just perpetuating the idea that, you know, human being, wherever you are, disadvantaged, you're not going to make it. So once we say, okay, Kifi, we're going to go back into false law or whatever, we must commit from the desire you have within you, I have within myself, to go back and say, I just need to change one. I actually have one life goal after I've achieved everything I want to achieve. I just want to know that I changed one life and then I'm done. There is a desire that nobody gave me. Mm -hmm. And I say desire because when you have, desire creates a hunger. When you have that hunger, even if I say to you, you must wake up at 2 a.m. and do those order ticking that we had to do, you have the end in mind. You have the desired mind. You're going to do it. You ask sportsmen, why do you keep going? They have the end in mind. They're going to keep on doing it until they become the best in class. But yes, we do have to go back and say, okay, I've had the opportunities. How do I build that bridge of opportunity? And me as an individual, not how do I wait for Kifila to do it. Individual contribution. Do you think 
do you think it will make a change though yes and, and i and, and i ask it really that was currently. a picky isn't it <laughs> no it's <laughs> and I, i and i ask it you know honestly i think a lot of times especially currently with everything happening in the economy i'm i'm the first to admit there's been quite a lot of negative yes press negative conversations yes. we all know there's load shedding i mean we're not going to talk about that <laughs> we all know that um we all know there is <laughs> you know interest rates have gone up we all know the retrenchments that have taken place right in the midst of all of that i guess the question i'm asking is do we believe that the argument we are having now of personal commitment mm-hmm. to give back mm-hmm. in whatever capacity and i have to say that really also to the audience i think personal capacity has to be really by that term personal what you are able to give some might be financial i've spoken about mentorship you might have a different one mm-hmm. but do we believe that this would ultimately make a better south africa and if we do what does that look like what would need to happen practically for us to see it come to fruition i want to open up that question to the audience right to get their view just just to add to that we did not get here from anything than human influence mm-hmm. it takes human intelligence or lack thereof depending who's on the debate table uh, to get here it's going to take human beings to get us out of this okay um as it has said we'd like to open that question up to the audience you can join the conversation and share your views call us on 0860002032 and you can send your voice notes on 0614104107 um and please keep your voice notes under a minute so yes i guess going back to that right so um, I guess you you've spoken about <laughs> desire. Yeah. You've spoken about commitment. Yes. You've spoken about ultimately all of us playing a part. Mm-hmm. And and if I understand you right if each of us do our part there will be a ripple effect of change. Correct. In itself. Yes. Um in addition to everything else that is happening um I guess from a the negative I, media and the negativity. Yes. which we we still need to solve for. Okay, there's no way am I saying we are then going to negate the responsibility of solving all of those things. Mm-hmm. I always look at us as bridge builders. It's it's a, it's a it's a picture I see myself as. And in order for you to be a bridge builder, and the reason I use the word bridge if you can envision it is there's a problem on one side, there's a solution on the other side. Exactly. We're too far removed from each other. So we need to build a bridge in order for the solution to be able to get to the other side or the problem to get to the other side but ultimately you would want both the you know problem and the solution to be walking up the bridge and building you know ideally the the solution there you go problem and solution walking towards each other okay can we then ask i want to delve into the word you've used you've, yeah. you've said burden can you elaborate for me why why you used or you decided to describe the opportunity and opportunity burden versus burden what part of this is the opportunity and what part of this is the burden and and why would it be a burden the opportunity is you and i sitting here at this time of the day being on on radio 
for example. The opportunity is us being able to work where we will be able to work, etc. The burden is when you leave your comfort zone and you walk into the rest of South Africa, you walk into the locations, you walk into the homelands, and you see the need there. You cannot honestly come out and say, ah, it's okay, I'll go back into my bubble. You can't. You really, really can't do that. And if you really are with a human heart and you can actually see the impact of what has been happening in our country, even lately, historically up to today, you're going to start asking yourself, can I change something? Can I change something? Can I impact someone? Mm -hmm. You can't change the whole world. You can't change the whole South Africa. There's more than 50 million people in this country. And I'm saying 50 to be as conservative. I can't remember the last stats. That's where the burden comes in, to say I have a, a moral responsibility or a moral desire to leave the world better than how I found it, right? Can it be done, you ask me as well. Yes, of course it can be done. The only people who go and limit other people are people. The only people who go and enable other people like you and I have been enabled are also people. When you have a child, they learn and absorb everything. It is the parents will say, don't. That's when you start the limitation. Mm. When you say flourish, they might get into danger, but all they know is the method of growing and flourishing. And it's the same. You were given opportunity to flourish in some area. So mm. was I. And in your space where you have the capacity, full capacity, and we're not just talking finances, the full capacity of a human spiritual, mental, emotional capacity to give to one other person, then you should be able, when you have the desire, and the burden is burning inside mm -hmm. it, that flame is hot, then you'll be able to go outside and say, okay, I can, I'll choose one. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to be going to a break. And after the break, we'll be continuing our conversation with Idu, and we'll be taking some of your comments. on SAFM. Welcome back to Takeover Tuesday. I'm Gifilu Bizi, and I am joined by my guest, Dumeleng Bernard. Uh, we will go to our first caller. We've got Luke from Johannesburg. Hello. Hi, Luke. Um, I want to start by thanking you guys for this very wonderful um, discussion that you've been having. Uh, and maybe I must say this for the record that I am very Zimbabwean. <laughs> but I happen to interact with uh, university students, which means I teach at probably two, one public university and one um, uh, private university. Nice. What you guys are discussing is, there, is something very, very important, which I see uh, is not addressed at a very, very good time in time in life. Why I'm saying this, you find out that um, someone would come to, let's say, that and do a program up until second year, then all of a sudden they find that this is not what they want. And mm -hmm. you can't warn them because they just heard about this somewhere and never got to actually invest into understanding. And I'm very much interested in the way they say, so what is the solution? Because without us providing the solution, then we're just wasting time. I think the first part is what you guys have talked about, is the individual person. You as a person, what are you doing to just make sure that we live in a better world, in a better South Africa? And I love the way that you guys actually say that. 
uh, to say, I've got a mentoring that I do. I also have got that. I've got, um, I'm an economist by profession. So I've got an economics academy group where any student in South Africa from any university, if they've got any economics problem, they'll come into that group and ask if um, they ask a question, they might be responded to by other students. If I see that this is maybe not the right response, I'll try and find ways of uh, probably giving the best solution. But also what I think is lacking, which I feel might be something bigger than us, is the way in which the education is given to, uh, to, to us is in the tender age. Why I'm saying this is because without us understanding these things from a premature age, it's very difficult then to all of a sudden want to understand this thing at university level. So as a society, what I think could be best for us is to establish programs where we've got more like a career guidance, where we've got platforms where these um, youngsters that are coming after us have got a platform where they can express themselves, find out about something. I met one guy who was doing eyes in uh, furnishing, and I asked him, what, what makes you go into eyes? His, question, his response was, I once went on a trip with the school and went to the Reserve Bank, we went to the uh, to, to, uh, commercial bank, we went to the stock exchange, we went to a farm. I think in that way, it's easy for people, for, for our own young ones, they choose what they want to do. And it's easy to even mentor because from the onset, he's clear about what he wants to do. So you're only adding to the idea. So number one is the individual mentoring that you guys have already suggested. But I also think as a society, over and above that, we need to infuse this into our community settings, your local authorities. Who is responsible for the training? How can we partner them to make sure that the word of how we then produce what we want into the industry is, is framed from the ground rules and not, it's not as an... I had one, one I, I don't know whether it was Tony who said, um, I, didn't, I wanted to be a medical doctor, but all of a sudden I, I decided that I, I'm not good with the blood and the medicine. I was also like that, eh? I actually changed my application <laughs> on my way to school. I wanted to be a medical doctor, but something pushed me into economics and by default or by design, I'm okay now. But what I'm trying to point is we need this exposure way before it's, it's, um, it's too late. Then I think yes, uh, the, my, last is that, my last contribution is that we need also to address this from the organization's perspective. In every organization that you are working and you've been advanced and you really understand what what goes on advanced. What are you suggesting as you sit on a table with uh, probably the board, with the people that are influential in the organization? What are you giving them to, to try and entice them to say, guys, in as much as I'm here, I might be here in the right place, but it, it was by coincidence. It was not by really design. How can we as an organization go back and try and address this if you are an accounting firm. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Luke. Um, we'll take one more caller before I guess we delve into the t- uh, points that Luke has raised. We've got Sabelo from Kakiso. Yes. Uh, hello, how are you? I'm okay, thanks. And you, Sabelo? Um, being well. um, I, I think uh, I echo the the views of the the last speaker to say this is a very important topic and it's not given the attention it deserves. 
Um, indeed, I think what needs to be done, our young people in the society um, are in short of role models. And I like, I like how, you, how you view it. That he, indeed, you might have a desire to succeed. But your traditional idea of, of success is limited to what you've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. I always argue uh, that some out there uh, in Eastern Cape or Cape or any other area, there might be a young person who's more talented than Tiger Woods when it comes to golf. But that person has never been exposed to golf. All his life, he played rap, he played soccer, he played everything that was exposed So I'm, I, would, I would think, what then those of us that have been lucky enough uh, to have made it? The best way we can flow uh, back to the society is to make sure that we become role models. We go mm-hmm. back to the society in a way and say to them, there is this. It is possible that you can come from Kafeisa, you can come from Namakwe and make it. There is something called a, 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 a chartered accountant. They might not know. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I agree with you that indeed, we, we just need to take... Um, a personal conviction that I am going to be a role model. One way to do it is to make sure once you make it, uh, I know this many people will disagree with this, but I, I, I'm still convinced. Once you make it, do not leave that township that you grew up in. Because once you do that, there's a lack of role models, and those young people are exposed to put Madisa who has made it in life only through corrupt means or criminal uh, activities. They do not know that you can come from um, Mountainville and make it in life without being involved in corruption or in criminal uh, activities. Mm. No, thank you. Um, we'll take two more callers, if each of the callers could really summarize in about a minute each. Um, and then we will delve into kind of debriefing what we've heard. I'll take Harold from Centurion. Hi, Kisilo, it's Harold, how are you? I'm okay, thanks, and you, Harold. So, former colleague, very Hello, I thought I knew this voice. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, thanks for the wonderful show. Thanks, uh, Harold. As I, as I was driving, I just had a voice, and this is what I want to sum up, relatability. So we talk about role modeling, and it's two ladies on the show, and because I know you, and you look like me, and may imagine what impact you have on a young female out there. Mm-hmm. So do keep doing the hard work you're doing, because it is takes a lot, as you guys said. The, the word burden also spoke to me, but it's a positive burden in this case. And uh, also the earlier point you emphasized the around opportunity and preparation. All these points you've made, I just wanted to add on the point of relatability around hiking. Thank you. Thank you. Um, before we take our last caller, we'll just go and break and we will continue the conversation after. Song is on on SAFM. Welcome back to Tuesday Takeover. 
I am Kefilwe Pizzi and I'm joined by Dumeling as we continue the topic on how do we in our personal capacity continue to make South Africa better. Uh, we have one last caller. Um, over to you, Piri, from Alex. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Kefilwe. Good evening uh, to everyone. Uh, great conversations you had in there. Hi, in the studio. Look, um... I was about to drop the call because I think everything oh, no. that I wanted to say has been said. <laughs> no words have been taken out of my mouth. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, all I can say really is that uh, I personally am putting a blame on a lot of uh, middle class um, because um, they they have they have made it and they are living well. But uh, I think they have really turned their back on the poor communities. That they have, uh, uh, go, that 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 they were born at and they grew up at, um, they once they make it, they obviously move to the better places, to the suburbs. The only time they would come to Alex to Dipslo to Tembisa is when they come on a Sunday to chill with their lovely cars and to do some chesenyama there. So it's about time that you know they actually reflect and see to it that uh, they come back to these communities and help and mentor the young ones and uh, mentor the small businesses that are trying to make it big here and uh, and so that, uh, you know, all of us can grow. You know, somebody once said success is, is not about uh, a one person having made it. It's about the entire community. Uh, having made it together and being able to to flourish together. Okay, thank you very much, Piri. So I guess it do. I'll hand over first to you. Um, yeah. We've we've heard from a number of our uh, listeners um, who've all had quite, you know, I think impactful uh, feedback to give us. Uh, what is your summation that you can give from all the conversations that we have heard? I think one that stands out for me is relatability, right? Because with relatability comes or requires humility. I can't come back to Alex with my fancy car and say, you look at me now and not try helping. I have to be humble enough to say, I'm coming as a child of the location of the soil, as a child of, of the homeland, and I just want to help one person that has the same hunger that I had and take that person and walk through the journey. And on the flip side, if I'm coming back to plow, I'm not coming back to become a bank. I'm coming back to open up doors. It's not that now, oh, Udumi has come, so everybody must just demand, and you become depleted yourself, and you, the person trying to give back, starts becoming hopeless to say, you know, I can't do this because I'm not getting any joy out of it. So that's that's how I see it. Okay. Um, from my side, I've got I've really got two. Uh, points right and you've really you've spoken to the relatability component so i'm not going to touch on that um there's a point that was made about you know premature or career guidance and it really touched on my experience so one of the things that i had the privilege of doing is job shadowing you know my mother would literally and that's why when i started the conversation i said i really did not know what i want to do i'm being honest I mean, at some point, I wanted to be a chef. At some point, I wanted. And at every single moment where I wanted to change my role, my mother would say, okay, let's get you exposed to that. I hear you. I want it for you. But let's expose you to that component of it. 
there is, I guess, a, a point, and I, I'm trying to make to every single listener here is how many of those conversations are we having, especially at that premature, premature stage that he's talking about. Some of it doesn't ha- can be in our individual capacity. In this case, it was my mother. But I don't think it's limited to that. It, it's how many of us are availing ourselves to give kids enough exposure before they even make it to university to start asking those questions within the ambient of our control. How many of us are opening those doors and those opportunity? So it's really a question and a challenge to all the listeners to say, I do think we could be doing more. I do think we could be engaging more in helping people much earlier on Mm. in engaging and understanding what the opportunities and the potential could be. The last part I want to talk to, and, and, and I really have, it, it really saddens me the comment that was made that a portion of it is being you blame the middle class. As much as I acknowledge and I do agree that there are those people mm-hmm. that have turned their back, literally have turned their back. Mm-hmm. However, I do also challenge, and I go back to your point, Idu, that I do believe that it's not just middle class's mm-hmm. responsibility. I believe all of us, all of us, who have an ability to do something, must do something. The something might not be the same. But if you have an ability to have an impact on another human being in a positive manner, whether you be in the suburbs, whether you be a Lokshin, whether you be in the affluent area, I believe then it is our responsibility and we need to all play our part in being influential. So I would like to even that guy open this up and say, I really hope the solution is not just being limited to the middle class. Mm. I acknowledge and I hope that the people that have turned their back to where they come from can then take a step back and really go back to plowing back to what has helped them. Because I am not Gifile without my Fosleras experience. I am not Gifile without my UCT experience. I'm not Gifile without my KPMG experience. Every single part of my journey has made me the influential, powerful person that I am. Therefore, I do understand that everyone has potential. So thank you very much. That concludes our conversation. Um, Thank you for everyone's contribution. Thanks to Songezo for (laughs) allowing us to come and engage on this passion topic of mine. Um, Let's go to the news with Greg Kraus. Thank you very much, everyone.